So the, the uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, that uh, those who have con confronted by the reality that they can't control, you know, the success, that they've, they've failed, and they realize that they are going to fail again and again. There's no guarantees. And so they finally give up, and they turn their eyes to Jesus. Blessed are the mourn, those who mourn. Those who have been confronted by the realities of death. That there's no way they can escape death. There's no way they can prolong their life in any reasonable way. Just, there's just too many mysteries out there. Too many things that could happen. Those who have faced the, the challenge of losing a loved one or a friend. Those who have faced their own death. Recognize that they, there's something more. They recognize that there's got to be something more because there's something that was created in us to be thinking and wanting eternity. We want to live forever. We strive for that. We don't just give in to death. No, we're always fighting against it because God has given us this desire for eternity, this perspective of eternity. And so when we're confronted with death, it's an opportunity for blessing to be comforted when we turn our eyes to Jesus, when we surrender our life to him and recognize that he is the only one that can protect it. And then this morning we come to the third beatitude, as they call them, blessed are the meek. <laughs> you know, it's uh, as human beings, we are constantly... Striving for power. Power is just, it's, it's part of what we want and are looking for. We're, we're longing for more power. We constantly are looking and sizing up everybody else around us to figure out who has more power. Who is in control of this situation? Who has uh, the upper hand? Who, who has the most authority? And the reason that we are doing that is because of the way we were created and the choice that we all have made. Go back to the creation story in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, 1, 2, and 3. We see this amazing reality that, that God creates humanity perfect in a perfect place that's meant to be for all eternity. But God, because of his love for his creation, because of his love for us, he wanted us to be in a love relationship with him. And the only way that could happen is if we were given free will. You see, love that's demanded is not love. Love that's forced is not love. Love that's coerced is not love. Love that's manipulated is not love. Love has to be free. And so God created his creation, his, the, the, the pinnacle of his creation, humanity, with free will. And the choice was simple. Choose to spend all eternity with our loving, omniscient, omniscient all-powerful, all all-loving God and surrender to his will or choose autonomy. Do my own thing. Go my own way. Make my own choice. Obviously, we know what Adam and Eve chose in the garden. They chose to pick from that tree. They chose to be in control of their life. They wanted to have the power. 
The amazing thing is, is that immediately after that choice, humanity was thrust into a world where they were surrounded by other autonomous beings who were all seeking power. Every one of us have made that choice to be autonomous. We want control. We want power. We want our own life. We want to be able to do whatever we want. And again, as we look around, recognizing that everyone around us has made that same decision, and we realize that we're all threats. And so what do we do? We struggle for power because if I have more power than you, that means I can control your life, but you can't control mine. And so we spend our lives in this battleground for power. The amazing thing is, is the moment we made that decision in the garden to choose autonomy instead of surrender to Jesus, we entered into this battleground of chaos where authority was up in the air, where power was uh, you know, to be grabbed and to try to seize it and try to get it, but it was who knows was going to have it. We live this life where sometimes we find power and other times we find we're, we're down at the bottom of the heap. And everyone around us seems to have more power than us. Some of us early on in our life, maybe we've just never really had much chance of having power for whatever reason. We've constantly been under somebody else's thumb. Constantly had to surrender to somebody else's power because they're just too much for us. Others of us got the uh, kind of won the DNA lottery for some reason, and, and we were born with wealth, or we were born with just physical ability or intelligence that allowed us to use those things to gain more and more power. And so some of us maybe really have never experienced much, you know, oppression at all. We've always been in control of our future. We've always been able to, you know, kind of have other people working for us, and we're not working for anyone. But the amazing thing is, is with this struggle for power, the reason that it exists is because we have abandoned the created order of control and power. God is sovereign. It's like, um, you know, Jesus uh, made this statement in Matthew chapter 26. He's talking about just before he's going to his death, right? And he's talking to his disciples, and he quotes a passage actually from Zechariah 13, 7. And the, and the passage says that he, you strike the shepherd, and the sheep, what? Scatter, right? We all know it. He, he, Jesus is speaking to his, to his disciples at the time saying, look, it, I'm going, they're going to take me out. And when they do, you guys are all going to flee. You're going to be afraid and you're going to scatter. But this speaks to a bigger principle at stake that when there is a power vacuum, the sheep scatter. And they begin to fight each other in order to see who's the top dog. Without an authority, without a sovereign, we all think that we can do it. We all think that we can do better. We all think that we've got an option and an opportunity. The moment we have made that choice in the garden for autonomy, we entered into a world with a power vacuum where we are all now struggling to be the top dog. 
to be the one with the most power. We are seeing this uh, play out before us maybe as never before in our country, or at least not in many years. Can you see the power struggle in our country right now? You've got the, the, the people on the street, the rioters on the street, trying to gain power through force, through destruction, through intimidation. You've got the economic elite who are trying to maintain their power by virtue signaling and, and putting slogans on their products to say, look, we're, we're with these rioters in some way. We've got politicians who are constantly taking polls to figure out their constituents so that they can be able to say the right thing so that they can maintain their power by getting reelected. There is a power vacuum in America like never before, and, and the reason is this, is that we've given up on our biblical principles as a country. The reason that we had a couple hundred years where there was relative peace, and now again, we, we've had wars, and don't get me wrong, there's been struggles throughout our 200 plus years as a country. But the reason that it's kind of boiling point now is because over the last 40 or 50 years, we have removed God from our country, from our schools, from our government. We have taken away the sovereign. And there's a power vacuum. And now there's mad grab right now trying to get that power, to be in control, to say that I am the one or whoever it may be who's elected president or whoever has the most money or who has the most influence, whatever it may be. Now let's uh, bring this down maybe in a more personal note because this is how God works. <laughs> He works with us individually. There comes a point where we are confronted with this battle for power. There comes a point, like I said earlier, some of us maybe earlier in our life, maybe when we're young, others maybe later in our life, maybe some of us here haven't experienced this yet, but where we have face and experience the ugliness of power and control. Perhaps it's been someone else who has controlled us or oppressed us or dominated us in some way. Some of us may have been confronted by the ugliness of power as we've seen it in ourselves and how we've oppressed others, dominated others. Most of us at some point in our life will come to that realization that power that's wielded by man can be very, very ugly, painful, destructive. You see, the struggle for power destroys relationships because the only way to have an intimate relationship with someone is to not have that power struggle. It's to be equals. It's to recognize that you have the same amount of power and the same amount of weakness. No matter your skills, no matter your wealth, no matter your physical abilities, 
The battle for power destroys relationships. And when we're faced with this confrontation of power, we are given a choice. An opportunity arises throughout uh, this beatitude so far. And I want to keep coming back to this. Recognizing that there is opportunity in the face of struggle. Blessed are the poor, right? Why, that doesn't make sense to us, right? We go, wait a second, that doesn't, no, 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 blessed are the poor. They're not blessed. They're, 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 in, they're, in trouble. they're in trouble, man. They're struggling. That's not a good thing. But there's blessing in it, and that's what Jesus is saying in these Beatitudes. Blessed are the mourn. No, wait, that, no, people who are mourning over the loss of loved ones, that is not good. They're in trouble. That's difficult. That can be depressing. That can be really hard. That's not, there's no blessing in that. Yes, there is. That's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the meek, wait a second, those people that, that aren't in power, that aren't flexing their muscles, that aren't going around and dominating others or fighting this battle for power, they're blessed. No, 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 the ones who have power, they're the ones who are blessed. They're the ones that are wealthy. They're the ones that are in control and have influence. No. Jesus turns it on his head again and says, no, 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 there is blessing for the meek. And when we're confronted with the ugliness of power, we are given an opportunity an opportunity to do two things, one of two things. The first thing is to surrender to others, to just totally give in to whoever it is that has power over you or maybe all of those who have power over you, to become the victim, to become completely weak. That's your identity, to be fearful, to be dehumanized. Many people who have faced the ugliness of power have chosen that. They've given up the battle. They realize there's no way that they're ever going to have power. And so they just live a life of apathy and despair, maybe on occasion trying to do a little passive aggressiveness to get a little bit of power, but then that's squelched and they sit back in their place. Or the other choice is to recognize that the world is all messed up <laughs> and that there is this power vacuum because there is a God who is sovereign. When we look around and recognize, no, you know, we can't really predict who's going to have the power from day to day. When we realize there's other forces at play in this world that trump those who think that they're in control and think that they have power. I mean, think of Mother Nature itself, the fires that are flowing through now, the, the hurricanes that we've seen, tornadoes throughout the years, what, earthquakes and volcanoes. Who knows? I mean, there's so many things that are so much more power, powerful than we human beings that we kind of go, wait a second, there's got to be something more. And hopefully there'll be someone in our life who knows the something more. And so the other choice we have is to choose to surrender to God. When we surrender to God, we find that we restore our freedom, restore our strength, restore our sense of security, and find that our life is all of a sudden filled. The power of God is different 
than the way that man tries to gain it. The way that man wields power is very different than how God does. Think about it. God does not use the same tools that we humans do. He doesn't use force. He doesn't use intimidation. He doesn't threaten us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't try to manipulate us. That's not the kind of power that God offers. He never forces. He never manipulates. He never threatens. You might say, well, what about hell? That's a pretty big threat. You know, surrender to me or you're going to hell. Well, that's like a parent saying, hey, you know, if you jump off the roof of the house, son, it's going to probably break your leg. But you still let them choose, right? It's not a threat. It's a reality. God created this creation. He knows how it operates and how it works. And so when he says that if you choose to reject him, you'll go to hell, that's the consequence that's set in creation. It's not a threat. It's a choice that you have. He loves us. He wants us to be able to make a choice with all of the you know, knowledge that we can. You see, God chooses to love us. The kind of power that God has is a, a kind of power that is serving that's providing for us. You see, he wants us to surrender to us, to him, because he desires to care for us. He desires to love us. He desires to protect us. He desires to be there for us, provide all that we need. See, he doesn't want us to surrender to him so that we can dominate him, so that, we can, so that he can enslave us. He wants us to surrender to him because he knows that's the best thing for us. Because he knows and trusts his love for us. With God, he never demands that we surrender. He simply offers his power and his control to us. He simply says, you have free will. Son, daughter, free will. Decide whatever you want to do. But I would love for you to surrender to me so that we could have this eternal relationship where I get to serve you and care for you and provide for you and that you respond to that care and love and provision by loving me in return. God is constantly pursuing every one of his creation. And the moment we're confronted with the ugliness of power, he is there, offering once again, I know it's ugly, he says, but come and surrender to me. In my kingdom, there's no power vacuum. There's no doubt who's in control. You don't have to strive or fight for power anymore. I've got it all, and I'll care for you. So the passage before us in Matthew 5, 5, reads simply, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek are those who have given up striving for power. They, they've been confronted by the reality that the human power is just ugly and it's always corrupt. It's always going to be twisted in some way. 
And so we have to just surrender to God because the human power is not going to do it. The meek are those who put their trust in God and his sovereignty and his protection. And by doing so, they are tapping into the ultimate power source. The amazing thing is, is when we surrender our life, we, ex we experience greater freedom than we've ever experienced before. This is the amazing reality of salvation, is that when we give our life to Christ, when we surrender, when we lay down, when we pick up our cross, when we lay down our life before the Lord, when we stop trying to save our life and give our life to Jesus, that we find it, that we find freedom, that we're able to do all the things that we've ever wanted to do, not in this world, but in God's kingdom. We find that our passions are changed. We find that our love for others grows. We find that we're able to experience amazing and beautiful and powerful powerful things in this world in the right way. We're free from fear. We no longer have to worry about human power. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that we're not still going to be dominated by others at times. It's not that we're not going to have to deal with the ugliness of power anymore in some way and be affected in negative ways by it. But when we understand that we are connected to the sovereign Lord of the universe, we recognize that the power that all humanity have is temporary. And that no matter what they do to us, we have all of eternity to look forward to. Our fear is gone. In 1 John 4.18, it talks about the fact that perfect love drives out fear. So often we want to look at God as a, with his power and his sovereignty as this God who's dictating to us, forcing us, demanding us, doing, you know, making us, you know, basically enslaving us to his will. But that's not the way that this God works. Because if he treated us that way, then there would be fear. Oh, he's going to hurt me. He's going to, I mean, how many times have you guys stepped away from me when I've said something because you're afraid I'm going to get a lightning bolt? Right? Okay? That's not God. Okay? He's not going to light, well. He might, but that's not because of what I, well, it might be. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we have a God who loves us, and he, he attracts us to him because of that love. And it's only through that love and understanding that love that we recognize that the fear just disappears. This is why we can boldly enter the throne room of God, because he loves us. We're his kid. But also, when we've surrendered to God and we come into contact with this amazing sovereignty and protection for us, we're free to live for others. Again, we give up the battle for power. We don't have to try to be in control anymore. We can happily let other people be in control if they really want to be. And we can even serve them, even if they're a bad boss or a bad leader. Because, again, we recognize that their power is temporal. It's just going to be for a time. We're serving the one who is sovereign, in control of everything. Now, it says that there's a reward for the meek, and the reward is that they will inherit the earth. Now, I haven't really kind of gone into this much, but I, I want to just briefly say that all of these rewards and the Beatitudes 
are talking about the eternal kingdom. So sometimes you can look at this inheriting the earth and think, oh, well, the meek, look, at they're going to be in charge of the whole earth. They're gonna, man, they're going to have so many great blessings on the earth. That's the blessing, is that, that, that they're going to get power, and they're going to be in control. And that's their kind of backwards way of trying to find power is by being meek. Oh, I'm going to be meek. If I'm meek, then I'm going to be in power. No, this is not what this is talking about. Inheriting the earth, this is a, still a, an eternal kingdom perspective. Revelations chapter 21, verse 1, talks about there being a new heaven and a new earth. We will inherit the earth, the new earth. We will get all eternity. This is the kingdom that we're looking for. We are never striving for an earthly kingdom. We are, well, er, you know, a kingdom today. We're always striving for the eternal kingdom, which will have an earth to it as well. The reward that we are seeking is eternal. It's not just temporal. All right, worship team, why don't you come up as I land the plane, as they say. I, I, I want to go back to creation for a moment, the creation story. Because the decision that we made in the garden to choose autonomy instead of surrender, that doomed us. That condemned us for all eternity. Do you realize that? I, I, I want to drive this home. That choice that was made in the garden was an eternal choice. When we chose Autonomy, we chose to separate ourselves from the, our creator, God, for all eternity. Condemned with no hope. Left to live our whole lives in this battle for power. Somehow trying to be able to have some kind of good life until we die. Except Jesus showed up. You see, in the, in, the, in the creation story, we think, you know, oh, it ends so badly. It ends so poorly. I mean, the, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden, and there's this, you know, big angel with this flaming sword, yeah, and all this kind of, I mean, it looks really ugly. And you notice that there's no repentance from Adam and Eve. Even them, it's like, oh, what's going to happen to humanity? What is going to happen to us? Here, we've made this horrible decision, and instead of, like, we're repenting of our sin, instead we're, like, blaming and pointing fingers, you know, that woman that you put here in the garden with me she made me do it right I mean it's just craziness and it's all this negative at, negativity at the end it looks like it's just so doomed yet for one little line where they're talking about the seed of the woman and the snake will bite his heel but he will crush the snake's head Jesus showed up you see God didn't give up on his creation the only reason that we have any chance to escape this power battle that we're in is because Jesus chose to come to live among us, to experience what we experience, to live in this battleground that we've been living in and fought that battle with meekness. Jesus was the, not only the one who opened the door for a second chance, but he was the example that God gave to us for how a surrendered life to God is meant to be lived and what Benefit comes from it. 
So recognize that even us having a chance when we're faced with the ugliness of power to, to be able to choose to surrender once again, that is an amazing, unbelievable gift because we don't deserve it. Have you given up the fight for power? Have you? Certainly we do that maybe the first time when we come to Christ. But you know, we pick that mantle back up, don't we? Have you given up the fight for power? Have you fully surrendered to God? I, I think this is part of what sanctification is all about. God exposing more and more areas of our life that we are still trying to wield the power. And he says, what about that area? This is what has been so amazing about the last six months, and this is why the kingdom of God is growing despite the pandemic, despite the race riots that are going on, despite all the chaos that's all around us, is because we, God has graciously stepped down from heaven and he's pushed our buttons and said, what about this area? Have you given up control here yet? Have you given up control here yet? Have you given up control here yet? And we, once again, have a choice. A choice to continue to fight. A choice to just surrender and become apathetic. Or a choice to surrender to our God and King and Lord Jesus. Last question. How about your neighbors? How about your family members? How about your friends? How about the person at the grocery store you're standing in line behind, six feet behind? Are they struggling? Have they been confronted by the ugliness of power in this time? And are you sharing the amazing love and grace of Jesus with them? All right. Heavenly Father, we... Uh, thank you that you are sovereign. You are in control. Lord, this is one of the great blessings of being in your kingdom. To look around at all the chaos of this world and the struggle for power. And to know that we don't have to enter it. <laughs> we don't have to join the fight. We don't have to frantically run around and try to get power for ourselves, Because we're in your kingdom. And you are sovereign in control. You're the one who holds our life in your hand. You're the one who we bow to, who we follow no matter what this world says. You're the one who sets the direction of our life. Lord, we ask that you continue to lead us well in these crazy times. Lord, keep our eyes off of the chaos of this world. Lord, remove the fear from our hearts. 
Remind us daily of your sovereignty. And Lord, keep us humble. May we not allow ourselves to go through this chaotic time and not allow you to examine our hearts, to reveal those areas in us where we are still trying to claim control. That we would give up our careers to you, that we would give up our families to you, that we would give up our wealth to you and our future to you, that we would give up our children to you, that we'd give up our aging parents to you, that we would give up our spouses to you, that we would give up our, our jobs and our community to you, our church to you. You are in control. And Lord, may we all follow Jesus' example in living our life for you. Philippians chapter 2, familiar passage, verses 5 and following. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess and say it with me that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father in Jesus name amen and God bless may you enjoy the rest of your day amen